Welcome to Story for Another Time podcast. You can find us on Spotify, on Amazon Music, and just for Michelle Laudermilk, CastBox. And anywhere you find your podcasts, go and look for Story for Another Time podcast. Facebook, Story for Another Time. Gmail, email us. I'm Joe Greenwood. That's my friend John Jacob. Hey, everybody. But to understand the future, we have to go back in time. What are you bringing back? All right. Now, this will be, I know anybody my age that grew up in central Illinois will love this. And they will say, oh, yeah. Captain Jinx and Salty Sam. I have no idea what this is. I knew you wouldn't. Was this a local TV show? Is that what this is? Yes. They were a couple of guys. They were sailors. Mm -hmm. Captain Jinx was the The captain. Joe. (laughs) Well done. Well done. And Salty Sam Mm -hmm. was the first mate. Okay. And they were these two guys that would come on every day after school, like at 3.30, 4 o'clock, I don't know. And they'd have these jokes and different things like that, but then they'd show these cartoons in between their shtick. Okay. And every kid my age watched that growing up through grade school. Were they like local cartoons produced or was No, this a- no. These were like the really funny, fun Hanna-Barbera, oh, Yogi okay. Bear, Augie Dog and Doggy Daddy. Who was the guitar horse? El Cabong. You've lost me here. Seriously. El Cabong. Oh my goodness. Okay. Classmates of mine, class of 83 from Morton. Start posting on the Facebook page about these types of cartoons. El Cabong. Okay. El Cabong. He was this uh, horse who was a sheriff by day. And then uh, (laughs) when he wasn't sheriff, he would have a mask on. He went by the name of El Cabong. He carried this guitar. And to the bad guys, he'd go up and whack him in the head. And it would make like this El Cabong sound. (laughs) It was awesome. Now that I say it, it really doesn't, it doesn't sound that good. It was awesome. El Cabong. Oh. But yeah, that's what I bring back. Captain Jinx and Salty Sam. That kind of entertainment after school. Nowadays, kids have hundreds of things to choose from and stuff. Back in the day, we had four channels. That was it. Yeah. I remember that. You had to get up and turn yeah. the little thing. Yeah. The UHF and the VHF. And so, I remember that. I'm so we that got old. cartoons after school. Maybe some Gilligan's Island. You do you remember Gilligan's Island, I remember right? Gilligan's Island. You know, I always found Gilligan's Island a bit ridiculous. Of course you would. Can you tell us why? He made a radio out of a coconut, but you can't patch a hole in the boat? Come on, man. (laughs) That's a really good point. (laughs) But I loved it. It was a great show. You know, you touched on something there that I wanted to talk about. Uh, You talked about nowadays kids have, you know, a hundred different things when they come home. Yes. Their tablets, their phones, their, you know, whatever. And so uh, I wanted to talk about the role of technology from a educator's perspective, yes. how technology uh, particularly is affecting children the way you've seen it. So we'll have to talk about two different kinds of technology. Okay. All yeah. right. One kind is, you know, what we use in school, right, for educational purposes. Right. That is a very important aspect of schooling. Kids have to be able to navigate the technological world. It can very much enhance education. It's a very important aspect of education, but uh, there have been a lot of studies now since technology has taken over the education world. Right. And if you focus solely on technology, kids are really getting shortchanged on their education. How so? There's a lot of benefit in paper and pencil still. We're not just looking at what kids learn 
or the information available to them, we're, lear- we're also, we need to discuss how they learn mm-hmm. and also brain development. And studies clearly show that just through the act of writing on paper or especially cursive, there is additional brain development that takes place rather than just reading it on a screen. Recall is better when you read it in a textbook uh, because on the internet, everything is kind of uniform and it can all kind of blend together. But in textbooks, you have different graphics, different fonts, different, different layouts, things like that. And, and again, that looking over the different aspects of a textbook creates different uh, pathways in your brain that enhance your brain development more. The, you said in cursive particular. Yeah. Why cursive particular? Fine what? motor skills. Okay. Uh, hand-brain connection. Additional synapses in your brain. Mm-hmm. Pathways get made. Anything you do like that. Cursive mm-hmm. seems to enhance that. So cursive is, is the enhancer of the... Right. That's fascinating. Manuscript is fine. Any any paper to pencil is beneficial. Hmm. Cursive takes it an additional step. Really? And I think it's uh, the correlation between even mathematics and art, how each one seems to benefit the other. A lot of the great artists of the mm-hmm. world were also great mathematicians and vice versa. Okay. Because it, it just there's something about the pathway development that can enhance that. There was a uh, study in Japan mm-hmm. uh, just in 2021, so very, very recent, that mm-hmm. uh, seemed to validate those same findings that I've heard all along about sure. the benefit of doing uh, work by hand with paper and pencil rather than just on a computer. Mm-hmm. Now, I think technology and computers have really enhanced the way learning can take place because everybody's a different type of learner. Right. And so this is another way of presenting or enhancing what you're already learning. But I think when you make technology the sole method, the kids are really missing a lot. Plus, the brain development is not taking place like it could be if you were doing sure. more pencil and paper sorts of activities. So, so that's I one aspect. Kind of want to take a, a side road there and get back to that. But so do you think that we have hampered our education a little bit during doing strictly e-learning during COVID? Oh, yeah. There has been a big, big difference in seeing the kids now versus three years ago from what they could do, even their attention spans, Mm -hmm. their behavior, all those things. And a lot of it was is because you know, it's too easy to maybe not even really be engaged during that. Oh, sure. That we're finding out, yeah. you know? And that kind of leads to the next thing I was going to talk about is I'm noticing all kinds of fallout. I've been telling parents at school this for the last couple of weeks. I've been telling the school board this. There is more fallout than just the learning gap that happened during the whole COVID shutdown. First of all, well, there's a lot more heightened anxiety in kids now. Even after they come back to school? Even after they came back to school. Huh. Uh, I've noticed in two ways. Well, the story I like to tell is I'm a 56-year-old man, and the anxiety I felt taking my mask off at school and going into the hallway was really weird. I was so uncomfortable. It was almost like some really? weird form of PTSD. Yeah. I get so anxious when I go out in the hallway without my mask. Like, oh, my goodness, I need to, you huh. know. So if this happens to a 56-year-old guy, how did these kids feel from all that? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll find lasting uh, effects from, and maybe, I mean, whichever way you want to go with the masking, things like that. But I think that no one can deny that we put a lot of fear into children. You have to do this, you have to wear mm-hmm, this, you have to mm-hmm. go through these steps or else these right, sort of things can right. happen. And we, we as parents and educators try to protect children from these type of things. And then right. they're saying the person next to you could be, you know, infecting yeah. you or grammar or whatever. So I think that we will see long-term effects on that. I think that. it's a residual effect. And, and again, I, I, I'm glad you said that, you know, masking, I'm not really for or against. It's up to right. the person to decide. Yeah. And I want everybody to feel comfortable. We still have kids at our school that are masking. Sure. We still have teachers at our school that are masking. And that's cool. Yeah. That's great. The second thing is the spike in illnesses that we see now is unbelievable we have got so many kids out of school we've had uh stomach viruses going around we've had influenza a through our school we've had uh different levels of the common cold sure we have numbers missing from school now that we have seen during the winter during bad years of sickness yeah i think we made things so sterile that now anything that comes along we're catching yeah. And and it's it's hitting everybody pretty hard. In the medical community, they're always weird about prescribing antibiotics for little things because they don't want to right. create super bugs and this type of thing. And I think maybe hand sanitizer and masking and all that has essentially created lowered immunity. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't disagree at all. I'm going to really get deep and philosophical now. All right. Okay. I'm ready. And I'm going to start with a, a good friend of mine and a, a great school supporter a uh, church member at Bethel, his name is Dr. Patton, mm-hmm. Dr. and Morton for many, many years. And he went to medical school up in Chicago. And one of his professors said, the best thing you can do to keep yourself from getting sick. I'm, I apologize, Dr. Patton, if I'm misquoting now, but the general idea <laughs> will be uh, the same. Go ride the L in Chicago and make sure you grab onto the handbars, the, the handrails. Okay. Because you'll get all of the different yeah. bacteria, viruses. You might get a mild infection or whatever, but this will build up your immunity. Sure. And there's something to be said for getting a little dirty, you know, getting getting uh, out there and, and not being too careful to help keep. I mean, when I was a kid, we would make mud pies and dare each other to bite into them. <laughs> You know, and no, that's what we did. And uh, I don't think we would do that nowadays or kids would do that nowadays or parents would not. How, what, what would you think would. if your kids were doing that, Joe? I would laugh. You would laugh. I would laugh. My wife, on the other hand, would freak out. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I'm, Jenny and I came from different sides of the tracks, as it were. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I came from nothing and, and she had a, a blessed kind of. Uh, sure. Okay. Which was fine. Uh, so at home, I have no problem with the five second rule. And then if you miss the five second rule, well, you switch to the 10 second rule. <laughs> so, you know, I have no problem with that. Obviously, yeah. you know, yeah. some things because we have dogs. But um, <laughs> if the kids are out there rolling in the mud, don't bring it to the house. But, you know, it's yeah. part of being a kid. Right. And with that being said, though, I don't get sick. I say that now, but I've gotten the flu once since wow. Jenny and I have been together. Yeah, yeah. I've taken care of all of them when they went through two rounds of COVID and, uh-huh. and the flu and all of this, where they're basically coughing directly into my open right. eyelids. <laughs> and I don't get sick, you know? Yeah. Um, and they will be 
which is real fun. Sometimes I'm like, you know, once you guys get better, I'm going to get sick too, just so I can get a break. But right. <laughs> no, nope, never happens. So I think that there's there's something to what you're saying. Something to be said for that. Yeah. And uh, it's really interesting right now. Are you going through the small group study at church, Joe? No. Are you doing that? You're not? Oh, that's right. You got, well, you guys are really torn in all kinds of different directions with your, with your DJing. You've never talked about your DJing business. Well, we need to get that out there. <laughs> this guy is awesome. You have a wedding, celebration, anything like that. Look up Joe Greenwood. And no, it, don't look up It's Joe Eros, right? Eros. 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 You yes. Eros is, right? It's love. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, yes. In Greek mythology. Yeah. yeah. Greek is the, or Eros is the Greek version of the Roman Cupid. Right. So you go into uh, Eros and Psyche and the whole thing. Yeah. So it's, it's the physical act of love. Is Eros, they yeah. call it that. Yeah, so Eros glow because everything glows. So it's a glowing love when you have uh, Eros glow coming here. There you go. Yeah. So Joe will bring the love I bring to whatever love. event you have. <laughs> <laughs> but back to what I was talking about. Yes. We're, we're discussing right now about callings in your life. And we're in chapter right. four. And it talks about God got his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, so he created the earth. He created man from the dust of the earth. Jesus, when he uh, healed people, when he worked with people, he was physical with the lepers. He was not afraid to put his hands on the untouchables uh, down in the dirt. So there's a lot to be said for getting our hands dirty, whether it's through hard work, caring for people, whatever. Uh, Get your hands dirty. Get out there and don't be don't be unwilling to get yourself a little dirty. I completely agree with that. How's that? Although I'm not much for... Did I ever tell you I'm afraid of mud? <sighs> no, Joe, so... <laughs> you didn't. Uh, but I would love to hear why you're afraid of mud now, too, well, along I'm... with piles of leaves and yeah. snakes. Well, I don't want to put you know me being afraid of mud as an addendum to your story <laughs> there about Jesus and hard work and getting dirty, but you remember mud volleyball used to be a big deal? Oh, yeah. Like in the... What, 80s? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a big deal. Well, Back was, in the old days when I was, like, living life. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we lived um, in a town. They had the big celebration every year. I forget what it was called. But, you know, the car, like, like Pumpkin Fest, right? I forget what it was called. Yeah. Um, and they did mud volleyball things. Well, after everything had come through, I went down and I was like, oh, let's walk through the mud volleyball pits mm-hmm. and all that. So I barefoot the whole thing. And I cut my foot on a huge piece of glass, which turned out oh. to be a beer bottle. Oh, so now, not only are snakes living in piles of leaves, or leaves or piles of snakes, but mud is basically just a cover over shards of glass. Yes, yes. Me. Had you been wearing socks with sandals, you would not have cut your foot. <laughs> See? It all comes back to the principle is always right. On this one, I don't know. <laughs> that and quicksand. Well, everybody's scared of quicksand because we've seen it on Gilligan's Island so much. Right. It used to be a thing. It used to be quicksand. Was, I figured it'd be a much bigger problem I I, in my adult life. I adult life. Say, and again, uh, Princess Bride. They had to deal with that. Yeah, they did. You know, I did watch that film after we last talked about it. And there's two things I want to bring up about about the Princess Bride. On our very first podcast, you said you're a big Dire Straits fan. Yes. But you had no clue who Mark Knopfler is. Correct. My friend, Mark Knopfler is Dire Straits when you think I mean, he's the main guy, right? He's also the guy that did the 
soundtrack for wow. Princess Bride. That's <laughs> so. pretty impressive, Ben. So if you're no wonder fan, I like both yeah. of those things. There yeah. you go. Yeah. No, I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was terrible at all. All right. Now you were supposed to watch uh, Shawshank Redemption. By I way. did. You watched Shawshank, and it was awesome. Sure. So I will say this: in every way, shape, and form, mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption was a better movie than Princess Bride. But Princess Bride is still my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Shawshank Redemption was awesome. It was awesome. It was a very good movie. Very well done. So I have a little quiz, short quiz for you. All right. So what I did is I just like to find out the data. I don't know why. I love numbers. I love data. It Mm -hmm. speaks to me for some reason. So I went to Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. I looked up both movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Princess Bride and... And Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. Okay. And they both had amazing scores. Really? Re- Why do you say it was such a surprise? Well, be- we'll come back to that. I mean, Joe, I am being very open-minded about the movie you suggested to me. Shawshank? So, I'm going to give you Rotten Tomato scores from the critics and the uh, audience scores. Okay. Well, critics are always wrong. And you have to tell me which movie earned which score. Okay. All right? I'm in. So, uh, yeah, first of all, I agree with Joe. I always go with the audience score over the critic score because don't get me started on movie critics. (laughs) So I'm going to do, we'll do the critics one first. One had a critic score of 91%. Okay. Which is an extremely high Rotten Tomatoes score. Now, the other had a score of 97%. Which movie had which score? Well, you know... That's going to make it difficult because I feel like I need to add in whether or not each movie offends current sensibilities. So I feel like... Do you know who you remind me of right now? Who's that? In The Princess Bride, that Vecini guy, when he was doing the Battle of Wits with the Dread Pirate Roberts. Clearly, I'm not a fool. I could not touch the wine, which is in front of me. But you oh, know I'm not yeah. a fool. And you know I will not touch the wine, which is in front of me. So I clearly <laughs> cannot touch the wine, which is in front of you. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> I did like that. Part. Can't remind me of that yeah, right yeah. now. But go ahead. But that's how I overanalyze, Joe. I do overanalyze. That's <laughs> what I do. Um, I'm going to say what is rightful is that Shawshank should have the higher score. Okay. What is rightful? But since that's rightful, it's probably not right. You are Vecini. <laughs> so, but <laughs> critics have Shawshank higher. Sorry. No way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Princess Bride, ninety-seven percent critic score. Shawshank Redemption, ninety-one percent. That's, okay. that's absurd. Okay, fan scores. All right. So, one. Is ninety four percent audience score, and one is ninety eight percent audience score. I mean, those are some astronomical numbers. Yeah, ninety eight and ninety four. Okay, you still have a chance for fifty percent, Joe. Princess Bride's not that good of a movie. You hit to put Princess five hundred in the major leagues. You are a superstar. (laughs) You can do this. I can Tony Gwynn it. Ninety-eight and ninety-four. To even put Princess Bride in the same game as Shawshank Redemption is absurd. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. 
Again, what is rightful? <laughs> what is I love action? this. This is fun. Okay, so 98, audience. You guys, I wish this was videoed. You should see Joe's face as he is analyzing this. It is this. painful. It he is, is painful. working hard on this one. Okay, I, you know what? 98 since, and 94. Since it is easier to watch Princess Bride, I'm going to give it the higher score. I'm so sorry. Are you kidding me? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption, 98% audience score. Princess Bride, 94%. I am sorry, Joe. You struck out. You are over today. I am an over. I'm sorry. I was yeah. just thinking that it's easier to watch Princess Bride. I, I you, you know what? I'm going to give you, uh, for your uh, logical thinking, Okay. I'm going to give you... A brownie point. I don't know what that means. Even. Oh, so I got a D minus. You can Thanks. have another all sort if you want. <laughs> the reason why I wrote down Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, yes. Tomatoes, yeah, I'm interested in what you have to say. Is and the reason why I had to overthink that. Because <laughs> there is a film that legitimately no one dislikes that is now on the verge of getting canceled. Rotten Tomatoes score has dropped. Critics are panning it, making it. This what? is the review. What air? Okay, give us the review. It's too specific to be proper allegory and too vague to provide satisfactory millennial perspective on the last 50 years. Moving on, another terrible review for this film. It's a bad movie that gets worse with age. And these are the critics, I would assume. Okay, here this one this one should give it away. This is a critic, yes. Okay. That view, that rated this film that everyone loves as rotten. Only in America could you envision a film with the conceit of a simpleton as a conduit through a swath of the country's socio-history? Oh, I'm going to guess. Yep. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Wow. People are hating Forrest Gump. Oh, my. And I'm like, it, it's, it's Forrest Gump. Yes, yes. It won everything. Yes, it was an awesome movie. But people are hating it. Well, critics are hating it. Critics are hating it. Audience score. The critics have it at 70%. The audience still have it at 95%. Oh, yeah. But it used to be 100 You remember it used to be one From of the only perfect films? or audience uh, or both? Wow, well, geez, I don't know. I remember it used to be a, one of the perfect films. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they say, well, it was problematic and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, I get it. It's unfortunate, it, but it just shows how... In this country, and okay, okay, I said we're not going to be political. Okay, I'm not going to be political here. All right, I'm going to try to not be political here. Mm -hmm. But again, this just shows the sides, and it seems like there are some elite uh -huh. that are out of touch with common people. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. That wasn't political, was it? No, it was good. Okay. You know, before we go back to, and I think we got time okay. to, to go back to the technology, I want to point out one thing. So we just talked about the critics' score on Forrest Gump was 70. Right. And we had, well, we still had Shawshank and Princess Bride pretty high. Yeah. Right? The critics' score, <laughs> certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, is Jackass Forever. Great. Yeah, Jackass Forever, better movie than Forrest Gump, according to the critics. This is why I don't listen to the critics, folks. Oh, definitely. No. What is this movie even about? Wait, you don't know Jackass? I've heard. Is it just people doing stupid things? It's, have you have you seen Impractical Jokers? No. You got offended by Impractical I Jokers? I did. I did. Okay. I'll tell you why. It'll, All right. That could be a story for another time. It may be, because, you know, I... It may I, be. 
have pitched a, a TV show or two to Murr from Impractical Jokers. Joker. Okay, so Jackass, by the way, oh, is a, no. it's a comedy, it's a prank comedy show, but okay, it's, it's, what, wait, wait, what do you mean oh, by prank, that it's fake, or they prank people? They, they prank each other, like okay. there's, there's, okay, six or eight of them, or okay. something like that, and they just constantly prank each other, like, way over the top, like, it, like, it's funny when you when your buddy gets hit in the crotch, right? No, it's not. But, no, it's funny. That's never funny. But they, they take that <laughs> to, to about the the millionth degree. Really? Yeah. So that I mean, they okay. there's people that have gotten physically like very injured from this show. Oh, that sounds great. There, but they're millionaires, so I mean, they're paid for it. But yeah, they take it they take it very far, and it's funny. Don't get me wrong. But and that's the movie. That's the movie. That's what the movie is. Yes, uh, just a series of. Prank challenges, this type of thing. Really? Yeah. Three Stooges wow. meets um, teenagers sitting in the basement. Wow. Okay. That's what Jackass is. It's anyway. It's a better film than Forrest Gump, according to the critics. Wow. I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> speechless right now. Okay. I I wasn't a big fan of critics before, but you have just really okay. put another nail in their coffin. That just I don't know. That is not my cup of tea. I guess. No. I love, I am, I mess with people. You've seen me mess. I mean, yeah, I like to mess with people. I'm a jokester. I joke around. I mess around. But to set up a practical joke and really carry it through. And this kind of goes back to, uh, I don't want to mention any names. We used to have a family in our school that was notorious for April Fool's Day jokes. (laughs) I would have liked them. They had four kids in the school. Uh And I said, hey. It's April 1st. If you've got one of these kids, be on your guard. Okay? (laughs) Okay. One day, so this was 2014, I believe. So so I would have been 48. My wife is around my age. I'm not going to say how much she is, how old she is, out of respect for her. This was after their graduated college even. (laughs) <laughs> got into the school, set it up okay. with somebody, got into the school, got on the main computer uh-huh. and programmed the sign out front to say, congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Jacob, it's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Now, I believe this is a guest we might have on our show sometime in the future, so I won't say the name oh, yet. I'd love to see this. We can have a whole episode of stories with that family. We'll have to. Several See, episodes. It's funny you say that because uh, you have pranked uh, a school parent, and they have enlisted me in what is soon to become a prank war. You know, on you. Now my rules for pranks are: it can't be permanent, and I'd never mess with anybody's food. So your diet coke <laughs> is safe, um, because that's just not like I've. In radio, I've dealt with some really nefarious types. I'm People sure you put, have. We'll put Epicac in your soda, that type of thing. Oh, my God. Or laxative. No, like, those, no, that's no, 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 no. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. So, bad. I'll never mess with food, and it has to be reversible. Like, I'm not going to, you know, fold your truck in half. So, anyhow, you know what we I haven't finished talking about? What's up? We never finished about talking about technology and kids, the second part of it. We have. Well, hang on, hang on. Hang on. All right. We will do that. We can, Or we can make that a story for another time. Uh, we can come back to that. You know what? Part two. Yeah, next week we'll have to talk about kids and social media. We didn't touch on Phase that. two. Yes, that's Phase the second two. tier of it. And this is big. Yes. I this hope uh, 
we have everybody listening to that one. This is big. Well, yeah, I did want to bring up, I do have a, a study here from, there's been investigations into TikTok about uh, affecting children's mental health. Mm-hmm. So we'll dive into that. Yeah. And much, much more next time on Stories for Another Time. Perfect. We'll see you on next week. All right. He said, she said, specifics don't matter now. I guess I wasn't ready for the bell to sound the last round. He said, she said, an avalanche is coming down. And the king of the mountain is just a soapbox jester now.